Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with the vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Less Men of Feast. Have you ever met someone that you automatically clicked with? Well, if you're saying yes or you're going absolutely, Kim, this is exactly how I felt after meeting today's guest, Brooklyn-based brand strategist, social influencer, and creative director, Merlin Oliver. Merlin has done it all from social media, community management, to influencer strategies, to producing 300 guest weddings for notable brands such as Iman Cosmetics, J. Manuel Beauty, Revlon, so on, so on, so on. She's done a lot of work and she's also worked with New York luxury event design company, Avando. It's quite clear to me that Merlin's passion is in visual creations and making things come to life, which is probably why she's co-founder of Brooklyn Mavens, a creative outlet that highlights everything Brooklyn. Before we go into this conversation with Merlin, please remember to rate and review this podcast. All of your reviews are welcomed and appreciated. And now let's meet Merlin. Merlin, welcome to Less Manifest. Good morning. Hi, Kim. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to actually sit down and do this because for those that are listening, Merlin and I work with each other on a different side of the business. So a lot of the cool content that all of listeners love to see on my page, as well as the Manifest page is done by Merlin. And Merlin has been taking a lot of our ideas and bringing them to life. So I wanted to shout you out for the cool work you're doing with my brand, but you've been doing a lot with other brands as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we get into that cool stuff you're doing, Let's have some fun, Merlin. We're going to play this or that. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready. Have you played this before or are you just like, let's do it? Um, no, I think I play this in blue, uh, like a lot of times. So yeah, okay, I'm, cool. I'm just curious to know what the questions are. <laughs> oh, well, curiosity killed the cat. I'm just joking. <laughs> Well, for this one, you know, you're not going to think you're just going to say whatever comes to mind. So we're going to get started now. And the first one is Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. Sit or stand? Stand. Home cooking or fast food? Home cooking. Hmm. Resort or Airbnb? Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> I mean. I, ah, Airbnb or resort. Is the resort going to be all inclusive? <laughs> See, now you're thinking. You're thinking too much about this. Okay. The first thing that came up in mind was Airbnb. Okay, so we're going to go with that one. What about money or free time? Ooh, Kim, what's the question? <laughs> um, that's first instinct. I would say free time. Absolutely. Honesty or other people's feelings? Honesty. Always. <laughs> Honesty trumps everything, right? Of course, with, with a, little, a little speckle of um, <laughs> niceness, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm, let's go with speakers or earbuds or speaker or earbuds. Um, earbuds. And the last one, amusement park or beach day. Ooh, 
these are hard. Um, amusement park. Okie dokie. Well, that was the last one. I was thinking beach day because I feel kind of like that was your vibe. But it sounds like, you know, you want to be out here on roller coasters and whatnot. So. Yeah, the beach day is like, you know, kind of tiring. I feel like the sun tires you out. It does. Um, and I never, I'm never there for more than like two hours. However, it sounds pretty nice. Um, <laughs> not New York beaches, though. And in amusement yeah. parks, I love going to them because of the, like, the thrill that it like brings to you. Mm-hmm. And I love roller coasters. And not a lot of people like them. But, um, yeah, I love them. They are tiring as well. But I like I was going to say, they are definitely tiring. But, you know, Merling, you're starting off already talking about three things that people may not know about you. So now we know that you like roller coasters. <laughs> we, <laughs> we know that you like home cooking. And then give me another thing people may not know about you. Um, another thing, I would definitely say, um, when I was younger, I wanted to be a model or a lawyer. <laughs> I could totally see the model. I could see that. I'm like, it's never too late. It's never too late. Lawyer, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know. To me, I'm like, is that your personality? No, it's yeah. not now. <laughs> but right. I wanted to, um, my family always told me that I would be a great lawyer because I love to argue. And I, like anyone now if they speak to you, they would say, Merlin always wants to be right. So um, it wasn't until high school, I took a business law class and I was like, whoa, what is this? And I'm like, right. this is super hard. And then I went to college and took like a law class and I was like, yeah, this is not it at all. <laughs> right, you're like, not for me. But again, you know, I'm glad that, uh, Merlin, it's almost like you're getting ahead of this. I love this. I love how <laughs> you are just making this interview already just so seamless and flow naturally. Because what I was going to ask you is what I love to ask my guests, which is what is a solid piece of advice you give yourself at 16? So you're already saying that like in high school, you took this class and you're like, yeah, no. So what is something that you probably would have told your 16 year old self now that you've lived a little longer um sheesh (laughs) I would definitely tell myself to like slow down um Mm -hmm. follow like my instincts like in my gut Mm -hmm. um I definitely was really hard on myself when I was 16 in college I mean 16 in high school oh I wish I was in college (laughs) (laughs) super smart but um I felt like there's a lot of pressure on myself and my family I was the first one to go to college in my immediate family. And I know like going to college was a big thing. So like in my mind, I wanted to be like this big businesswoman, and like I'm going to work on like Wall Street or, you know, just be like in that business suit. But really to follow my instincts and be yourself. Cause at the end of the day, like a lot of people like goofiness out of me, like the real like personality didn't come out until like the end of high school, college. So I would definitely tell myself that and everything will work out in the future. So I like that. My 16 year old self, like, you know, that was cool. (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, again, this is, this is why that question is one of my favorites because I love to hear how people would look back and be like, I would tell myself this, but then knowing where they are currently, they're like, huh. Maybe, maybe that was the direction that I never would have saw myself going in, but I'm glad that I'm here because, you know, as older people always say, keep living and then you'll see how life occurs or how life continues to unfold. And when you're 16, sometimes you kind of think you know it all, like you have the plan and it's like, it's going to happen this way. And then you're 19 and you're like, yeah, no, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I will also tell my 16-year-old self that social media is about to be a beast. <laughs> because I feel like at 16, I was a beast at Twitter. Okay. Um, and I... I loved like Twitter all the time, especially like, I mean, around that time, you're also on MySpace, I feel like, but I was always on Twitter and I wanted to tell myself like, you know, a little tip, like, hey, you know, maybe you should continue that. <laughs> well, you know, that kind of leads me into the next question because I was going to ask you, how did you get into events, blogging and content creation? So I'm already learning that you were an early adapter for Twitter and probably, you know, on MySpace with the rest of us in our top fives. But how did you pivot into events and blogging and then now creating the content? Yeah, I definitely think my career um, just flow is unusual. I feel like I'm definitely, even though I said like to my senior self to follow your gut, I definitely followed my gut. But I was kind of scared of doing it all like my life. <laughs> um, so after Penn State, um, graduating in 2014 I basically graduated a job working in sales so this is the part where I wish I told myself um I just it was a big thing again for me to go to college so graduating with a job was just like really great for me my family like wow I did all this four years I graduated a job moved to Atlanta um I'm so sure I hated it so moved back home <laughs> and then when I came back home I was just like what is it to do so I had I was really into fashion um, all of my internships were in fashion. So, and I had a minor retail at Penn State because they didn't have like a real like fashion kind of classes and stuff. Um, so I did fashion, I fell into social media. Um, didn't know that social media was even like a thing or a job. And at that point in 2015, that was the rise of Instagram, the rise of Snapchat. Um, it was going crazy, Twitter was still there. But the influencer thing, it wasn't really big on Instagram. So I had like a, just, I just really fell into it as in like someone contacted me. Um, I was working with the agency and they were like, would you be interested in doing social media? I was like, can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's when I um, interviewed and I got the role of social media coordinator as um, social media coordinator for Iman Cosmetics and J. Manuel Beauty. Um, you guys know Iman, she's the, you know. Beast model yeah. hello and um jamie and beauty of course so that was really great to do that um so i was learning from i love my like mentor manager um shannon travis to her she's a goat in social media as well but she taught me everything and then when she left i was the social media manager for two brands doing everything i was the product photographer i was the influencer marketing manager um it's a beast and everything and that's when I really fell into this really social media and learning everything um from there because of all the events we did like BeautyCon and um all the events we had in New York City I really got into events um just the planning the marketing strategy behind it um and that's when I fell into like really events um I have fell into weddings, but that was like a whole thing. Um, so a lot of people don't know that from social media, I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and switch my whole career and do events. <laughs> and wow. then I did a whole year of really networking and going out there and working with small companies and doing um, conferences, um, panel events for um, small businesses. And I worked for a small company called, um, I forgot what it's called, but I did 
a strategy and like a an event thing. I forgot what it's called, but it's called She Creates. So I basically went around like the tri-state area and created this event where I'll have influencers because I'm an influencer myself. Mm-hmm. I would basically have about 20 to 30 influencers or people who want to be an influencer come out and create content. So the thing about influencing, some people are just like, I don't know how to take these photos. I don't have anyone to take these photos. I don't know where to shoot. So I would pick the location that was like prime for influencers. It would have like different locations in that neighborhood. And I would, they would basically go out in groups mm-hmm. and take photos of each other and network at the same time. Um, I totally forgot I even did that. <laughs> but I did it in Philly. I did it um, two to three times in New York. But, you know, I still don't even think they have that type of thing in the actual influencer like world. But maybe like post-COVID, they can, we can create that again. But yeah, so that's how I fell into events. And then I also worked for First Dibs. I did a lot. I worked for <laughs> First Dibs, which is a... Um, a really big interior design company. Um, and then I got my full-time job at Alondo doing a, doing um, producing. So because of that experience and that I stepped out and it was just like, you know, I'm just going to change my whole career because I really believe that at the end of the day, like my, myself, anything that I want to do always happens. And I always push myself and say that because even if you ask legit anyone, it's just like, oh, I want to do that. It's going to happen. So um, I stepped out and I made sure that I had that experience. There was like no experience on my resume, but because I wanted to go into events, I made sure that I just stepped out and um, networked and made sure I had these things on my resume, um, got that part-time job at First Dibs, and then um, really put myself out there to be an event producer. So yeah. Love it. Well, as I was listening here with my notebook and pen taking notes, I was just like, Merlin, I'm going to give you the title of president of the team to doing a lot. Team doing a lot. You are now president of that club. And I mean, many of us are members of it. But what are some of the challenges you face with doing so much, you know, because it's not easy to keep up with all the trends. It's not easy to be the one that has to come up with all the concepts, you know, like really being one to channel into what what you think is going to be a, a good hit, if you will, like for people to, to get ahead of things or to encourage people to get ahead of, of the trends and, and get involved. Like, how do you do all of this, right? And then how do you keep yourself organized? Because doing all of this, I'm sure you have to be like the queen of sticky notes or something where you have a lot of um, information collated in one single place. So the first question is, again, what are the some of the challenges? And then the second part to that is, what are some of the best practices to keep organized and ahead of the game? Yeah, I um, definitely love that question because I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's actually why, again, this is why conversations are helpful because we're all figuring it out as we go along. Like no one has the perfect answer, but we can learn from each other as we figure it out. So give me some, (laughs) give me some more that I can learn from. Yeah. So um, at the challenges, definitely time management. So time and I have, we've always been best friends until I became an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) And um, thankfully to my mind coach who I had for a year has been helping me with that. And I really want time to be my best friend again. 
So time management, um, because now that I have transitioned into being an entrepreneur um, and taking that leap that God has always given me signs for the last three years, um, <laughs> the time management is just like, it's all on you. There's no one saying, hey, wake up. We have a meeting at like nine, like, or do this, do that. It's all on you. And I have three people underneath me who freelance underneath me. So it's just like, I had to manage myself. I had to manage them. Um, <laughs> so um, definitely time management. Um, right right now, at the, my main thing is finding a mentor that really is like, I'm just really hard on myself and I feel like I don't ask for help. So mm. the other two challenges I would say is finding a mentor that can honestly just be someone I can talk business to and help me with that. But the other thing is I know what I need help with, but I'm the type of person, maybe it's the Virgo in me that when I get someone underneath me, I'm just like, I have to explain this all to you. Like, I'm not <laughs> and then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, ah, but I, the challenge for me personally was to step out and say like, Marlon, you need help. Like you cannot create strategize, um make the graphics make the actual captions and put it all together it's like girl you're killing yourself if you have like templates clients doing that so right um i definitely took well i definitely did that around like maybe october november and i had like a a little cry happening in a session because i didn't know like it would be so much off of me like it was just like a burden like uh off of me when I finally had someone be like the things that took me two three weeks were just done in two three days right, <laughs> right. so yeah those were the challenges um and your other question was best practices yeah best practices best practices to yeah. stay organized and ahead of the game um so I am the queen of sticky notes but on my notes um I think my notes app is probably like girl can you get out of me like you are always in here <laughs> anything that I have and it's really important as someone who creates and always um have things flowing in their mind every single second of the day um for all like content creators entrepreneurs is to write them down because next thing you know next week you're like what was that idea I had or you have mm -hmm. like a fantastic idea just by like me staring outside right now I could like probably think about five to ten ideas and then next week I'm like what was that so right. definitely walk around with a journal or um, write every single thing that you want to do or create in your mind on your notes mm -hmm. um, because that can be killer content. Right. Um, also, like I said before, learning, like knowing yourself, right? And knowing like what you can take on, what you can't. If you need to hire someone, definitely do that. Um, look at, definitely look at your budget first. See if you need to have like an intern or someone you can give a stipend to or that you actually can pay. Um, and then I definitely would say the time. So I am, I said Sunday in the beginning of your this or that because Sunday is my favorite day of the week. As mm -hmm. opposed to Monday, I'm trying to make Monday like my favorite day of the week. Um, as well, it's just the beginning of something new, right? It's mm -hmm. the start of like a fresh week could begin and start over from what happened last week. Even have a terrible week last week, it's just like, okay, this is a new fresh day. I love Sunday specifically because of um, 
me just going to church and then being like family oriented and getting that like head start. Right. But I would say time with Sundays because I don't and Monday mornings for most people, that's when they like strategize when they do for the week. I do that on Sundays. So I do that Sunday night. So when I wake up on Monday, I'm not like, oh, what I got to do this week? Monday, I'm jumping right into it. Okay. So um, definitely with time and make sure you schedule out what you're doing for that week. But also like, you know, try doing it on Sundays. I love that. I love that you are not just being like, you know what? I am not feeling Mondays at all, but you're basically like, I'm, I'm trying to make that become my favorite day of the week. And I think Monday, as crazy as it sounds for a lot of people that are listening, they may think that Mondays are bad because it's like back to work. But the reality is that for an entrepreneur, the work is always happening. So <laughs> it yes. doesn't. Oh my God. I was just telling my sister that um, like people love to ask me like, are you done with work? I'm like, work is done? What? Right. Right. Am I done with the task for today? Yeah, possibly. Uh, But I am never done. Like, never done. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it is important for people to understand that because. Again, you're you're making your own schedule and you should be normalizing taking breaks, right? So you do have to add that in as well. So you're not overwhelmed or over consumed and just not really helpful to anyone, not even yourself. But at the same time, when you are working for yourself, there there's a lot of responsibility that is on you, right? Like people are dependent on you. So you you are constantly thinking of that and you're constantly trying to make sure everyone is taken care of. But that being said, starting a business is extremely rewarding, right? So what are some of the lessons you've learned so far in pursuing entrepreneurship fully? Um, it's crazy because while you're going through your last statement, I went through like my whole to-do list in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some of the lessons I've learned with entrepreneurship, um, I'm keep saying it, it's the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like really, really like strategize how you're spending your time, um, what can be given to someone else, um, and really scheduling time for yourself, my morning routine. I'm really trying to get like the manifestation thing uh, and the exercising, the devotion, uh, meditating. I do all of that in the morning. Um, so that's what's one thing that I've learned to make sure that I have time for myself and making sure that time is my best friend again. Mm-hmm. Um, entrepreneurship as well is that you don't know everything, right? Right. So like now you have this business, you have this idea and you're like, whoa, where do I even start? Um, there's so many resources out there. So I definitely would say use resources as in LinkedIn, um, now Clubhouse. Um, it's kind of overwhelming on there now, but definitely be strategic when you go on there. Um, there are a lot, a lot of people who have networked with that can help you out um, and help you out in entrepreneurship, meaning like someone who can do your taxes, someone who can help you form an LLC, um, someone who will just give you tips on grants or things that you can apply to to get money to help your business um, or someone who's similar into like the realm that you're in and that can give you tips on, hey, how about you do that? Um, so None of that happens unless you ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely there's resources out there for that. Um, and then my 
thing that I love about entrepreneurship, which I already knew, but the fact that it's not like I'm learning it, but it's just like now that it's in it, it's the free time. Oh my God, I love it. So <laughs> free time as in like, you don't have to request no PTO. Ain't nobody going to deny your PTO, girl. Uh, <laughs> so it's just that I like now that I'm in like Georgia for like three weeks, like, you know, even though it's COVID, it's not like I have to stay in New York in my um in my apartment because I have to like maybe go in or, you know. So I definitely love that. And a lot of entrepreneurs for the past that came entrepreneurs in the last year, that is like the number one thing. Work from anywhere, as long as it has Wi-Fi and you know, you're doing your job. It's I love it. And that was like my number one thing is not having someone say like what days I can have off. Right. <laughs> so it's about living your life as well. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do I do feel that um, the game is changing in the way that companies are looking forward at, into, you know, this work from anywhere type of mentality or the shift in business being able to be done from anywhere. I have always been a huge supporter of the fact that you do not, or in some jobs, you do not need to be sitting at a desk in order to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of apps on your that are able to be downloaded to your phone and you are able to be productive mobily. You know, like you're able to do what you need to do. Like even now we're able to take Zoom meetings from our phones. So even if you're not able to be behind a, a desk or sitting at um, a workstation, you can take that if from a quiet space on your phone, wherever you are, and you're still getting things done. So yeah, when it comes to certain things, I'm like, come on companies. But sadly, it this needed to happen in order mm-hmm. for people to emerge in their thinking, right? For them to realize that PTO or vacation time or however companies may call it should not be this whole pie in the sky where people have to get it approved because, I mean, you of course, you need order. So I get why there's an approval process, right? Yeah. But it shouldn't have to be where it's this whole fight. Like it's the hunger games at some companies or people are putting in their time and they're like waiting for it to get approved. And then if Sally puts her time in before you and she has seniority, she goes first. And then people get upset about (laughs) that. So now the way that things are working, companies are basically like, look, (laughs) take care of you, do what you have to do as long as the work gets done. And I feel like that's what's, it should have always been about. So it's always been about it. I felt like they just wanted to really control and seeing everyone. And I know yeah. some companies specifically were just like, you can't work from home. How would that, how would that be possible? Hello. Exactly. <laughs> you have to. And, and again, it forces people to have to think. Now you have to figure out how this is going to be done. And maybe just maybe you should have always been thinking of how this would have been done virtually because or remotely because of the fact that things happen. You know, if someone is unable to come into the office because of the fact that they're sick or, you know, not that they're sick. And when you're sick, please do not work. Take your sick. (laughs) Um, But sick in the sense that, right. Sick in the sense that maybe, you know, they have a foot that's broken and they can't physically get into the office. Right. Like then, yeah, they should be able to have a setup remotely. That's just my belief. But before I go into all of those political things and the red tape, (laughs) I wanted to ask you as we start to wind down our time together, you know, what's your advice for those that are on the fence to pursue a 
to pursue um, a career in entrepreneurship because again, we're not gonna make it seem like entrepreneurship is extremely easy. It is extremely rewarding and I've said that before and I will stand on that, but it is hard work. It is a matter of, you know, you have to be mentally prepared for this because you don't have anyone giving you the structure or giving you the guidelines and, you know, giving you that onboarding, if you will, when you take the seat, right? Like this is all on you. So what is your advice for those that are like, Merlin, I am vibing with you. I love everything you're saying. I'm about to launch my company. What are you trying to tell them? Or for people that are like, I kind of want to launch this company, but I don't know, sis. Yeah. So I would definitely say for people who have nine to fives, as long as that nine to five is like something you love to do, just, just, just stay there. Um, <laughs> stay there. <laughs> just stay there until you can like financially support yourself um, from your entrepreneurship, like goals um, and idea. Um, I say that because you have to finance your dreams and your products. And sometimes you're just like, well, where's this money coming from? Um, definitely just stay there for a few months until like, you're like, oh, I can, I can do this now. So that's like my number one thing. Um, and I will also say like, make sure you have everything set as in your business plan, have someone review it, have a marketing plan, definitely do like a competitive analysis on what the other, the same industry will be doing or someone else might be doing. Just really be prepared um, with everything. And how do you know if you're prepared for everything is really asking someone that might be even like a close colleague that you trust with your idea because do not do not share your ideas with people that you do not trust exactly. um feel it um <laughs> learn that from orthodox legal hey ashley <laughs> hey ash shout out to ash you know what real quick before i'm like shout out to ashley for that because I remember when we recorded um, podcast. So for those of you who have not heard, you can go back and you can listen to Ashley's episode. But when we recorded, she talked about that. And she talked about normalizing having your friends and family sign those NDAs so mm -hmm. that they are legally bound, right? So yeah, but go ahead, Ashley with the gems, go, go ahead. Yeah, um, and then I would definitely say like, follow your gut, follow your like instincts, like just trust it and um, trust it as in like, should I do it? Should I not? Um, but do not be afraid if it's like something you've been lingering for like three years, just do it. At the end of the day, you never know what might happen from you doing it. But when I say do it, make sure that my number two of having everything set is set. Um, you don't want to do it without a plan because then it might not be um, successful to its full potential. And um, my last one is definitely pray about it. Cause I had to pause for like maybe a second last month. I was like, whoa, these are some, I have so many ideas. I have so many things I want to do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. But whoa, did I even ask God if that was what he wanted me to do? So um, that's my last thing. And I'm really happy that I like kind of went back and paused about it because I'm like, oh, I have the feeling of the feeling, but did I pray about it? You know, so those are my like top four and I wish someone told me about that, but I'm telling y'all about it now. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you're, sh you're sharing your advice. And I do think that again, for people that are aware of 
the realities of this journey, they would fully understand why it's important to protect your intellectual property. It's important for you to really think through it, you know, like flush it out as best as possible, but you don't have to have all of the steps. You don't have to have all of the, um, all of the how it's going to come together together, right? Like, because mm -hmm. it does evolve over time. But if you need help, ask for it, right? Like, reach out to people within your network and ask for it. And then the other thing I'm a huge believer of is again, prayer. And I know that prayer changes things, but also writing it down, like getting it out of your head onto paper. Yes. That helps a lot because there's power in words, especially mm -hmm. written word and spoken word. And then you can actually see as it blossoms, like you're like, did that? Like this is all coming together. And how dope is it that I'm manifesting it? Which leads me to my last question for you, which is what's one thing you're manifesting? Ooh. <laughs> um, one thing I'm manifesting is um whew, there's so many. I have to go on. Um, I think my top one is just really being happy and like successful in my main business, which is the content creation and being, building this whole creative agency that I have in my mind and pulling it on paper. So mm -hmm. um, I'm manifesting by like, honestly, by like the end of like Q3, that this is something that's fully out there, business is booming. Um, I have everything under control and just really like being in me, um, and living to my best, like full potential, right? Mm -hmm. Not having that imposter syndrome take over me, not being like in the back end. I feel like all of my life, I've just been like in the back end. Yeah, everyone knows what I do. Well, not everyone, but it's just like, you know, just being out there. Um, so I'm manifesting that. And now I'm saying that out loud. It's pretty cool. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, I'm like, you say it out loud and then you're like, huh, okay. Yeah, and because, yeah, because when you manifest things, you're like saying it in your mind sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool to say it out loud. Yeah. It's cool to say it out loud. And then as you say it out loud, it becomes real, right? Mm -hmm. And then everything, they say the universe conspires to bring it to pass. But once it's out there, it's out there. And you don't have to worry about all the nitty gritty details of it. As it comes together, we as the people that are going to be watching and paying attention will be able to say, Merlin said that on Let's, po Let's Manifest podcast. So I'm happy to see. Hey. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm happy to see it all come together. And thank you so much for joining. I know that you're a super busy woman. So I am, <laughs> I'm appreciative of the time that you you know, spent with me and hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation as well. Yeah, I loved it. I need to do more of this. <laughs> well, I'm like manifest. Hello. Let's, Hello. <laughs> let's just add that to the list. More opportunities for a podcast and other speaking engagements will be coming to Merlin. And I believe that is going to happen probably before Q3. So <laughs> we'll see how that that happens as well. But listeners, this message is for you. Before you go to the next episode of Less Man a Feast, please do not forget to share these gems that Merlin has dropped today. Leave a review, connect with her on all socials listed in the show notes to stay connected to seeing her manifestations come to life. And if you have any questions or if you want to say thank you, just spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Thank hey. you, Merlin. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thanks again. 
Of course. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest.